Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And we've had a few hours to just let today's game marinate a little bit. The Bucks went down to a G League Brooklyn Nets team, 119 to 116. The Bucks themselves really only played the starters in the first half, which wasn't a great first half. By any stretch of the imagination, the Bucks went down 73-65 at the half, and then Giannis and Chris took a seat for the rest of the night. But where do you want to start with this one, Frank? I would say that on the scale of 0 to 10 of how much you can take away from this game, you're probably looking at a pretty low number. Yeah, I was talking to some people yesterday, and I was saying, I mean, like, given, I mean, this obviously wasn't a back-to-back, but it's a 12:30 start after a mm. you know normal start the two nights earlier so it's you know less than a a, a full sort of you know two days between games um, so my thought was like i mean do you even bother playing Giannis in this game at all um, and i thought it was interesting i i was watching this with volume on so i was watching this sort of with you know more more or less on mute because uh, I was busy kind of doing stuff because it was, you know, uh, a work day <laughs> <laughs> while this was happening. Um, so I was kind of like a little curious because I was like, wait a minute, it seems like they're playing longer stretches than like, I think Giannis played yeah. like the first eight plus minutes of the first quarter, which is very uncommon for him. And to be honest, the way Chris was just like putting up shots and like he was taking some threes that I don't think he normally would take. Um, I was sort of like, are they just like, just chucking shots up because they're not going to play that much in this game and they're just kind of getting it over with. Um, and it, I think that's kind of what, what it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bucks should win this game regardless. Um, you know, you got one half of Middleton Giannis, you should have a 20 point lead and cruise with your, you know, your own G league crew in, in the second half. Um, so again, uh, sloppy uh, game from them, 18 turnovers uh, tonight. Um, they gave up another massive number of threes and, you know, it's sort of one of those things that, I mean, obviously when you're not playing, uh, your best players nearly as much as you, as you typically do, then, um, you know, there's, I think naturally going to be like a bit of complacency and obviously lack of sharpness. And, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, the philosophy of the bucks and the reason why they give up threes is because they take away the, the, the rim, right? That's the whole idea of it. But kind of felt like today it was also just like uh we're giving up threes because we're giving up threes you know like <laughs> it I, I the defensive intensity i think interestingly picked up a little bit there in the fourth quarter for for a little bit of a stretch um marvin williams making some defensive plays mm. which was kind of fun to watch but um yeah i mean this was you know kind of felt like one of those late game years it was a great game 
uh, late year games a year ago, right? Like the, uh, I mean, there, there was no Bonzi Colson 45 minutes or Tim Frazier 53 minutes tonight, but um, it kind of certainly had that vibe in the second half as they were more or less just getting guys some run. And, um, you know, as we said, obviously Giannis and Chris not playing in that second half, Giannis, um, seven out of eight, 16 points in 16 minutes. So I mean, certainly it was, you know, Giannis was on his way to doing kind of the same thing that we've been seeing from him. Um, but uh, yeah, just not a sharp performance yet again. And um, you know, again, I don't, I don't know. If there's a whole lot to take away from it. But you know, you've got um, Miami, Dallas, and Toronto coming up. And oh, by the way, Bucks technically still haven't clinched the one seed. They should have done that today and just gotten that over with. They haven't. Um, still, certainly, you ever, ever, all indications are obviously that they will. But um, you know, it, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's been a long time since we saw the Bucks kind of really clicking for more than, you know, short periods. And obviously a lot of that's because there was a four month gap. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see that uh, some more consistent signs of, you know, kind of the bucks that we've been used to. Um, but, uh, you know, again, and what we can talk about the glass half full, I think glass half full is, you know, Giannis obviously playing at a really high level. Chris in general, he's looked good. He's in shape. Uh, Brooke Lopez has looked great. He got a, he didn't play at all today. And then, Probably the other good news today is just seeing Eric Bledsoe and, and Pat Connaughton back in the lineup and getting some run, um, which which was certainly a positive because you'll need those guys. So, uh, you know, again, pretty disappointing and just like in terms of that was a waste of my two and a half hours. And um, yeah, it certainly doesn't, you know, like the the Bucks mantra of getting better every day. Yeah, uh, it doesn't feel like they're getting better every day right now. Um, but, uh, you know, again, it's it was slop on slop in the fourth quarter and they bucks probably should have won this game either way. They did have a lead and um, for the second straight game, they just let it slip away, albeit under very different circumstances. Yeah. The one point I would like to make, because I'm, I'm generally, you know, I, particularly the regular season through last year and this year, I've been able to quickly move on from losses. Let's say that and realize and sort of think about what this means in the big picture. And I think coming into this game, even though sure, you'd love to win every game. As soon as I saw the players that Brooklyn were playing, I was like, okay, well, there's actually not much to achieve from this game. Yes, you can look up the one seed, but uh, that's going to sort itself out. That's going to happen. They are going to finish in the number one seed. So I was like, okay, well, similar to you, who do you play? The one thing I will say, though, and I do want to make clear, I mean, for there's been a lot of baiting going on on social media, as there always is when the Bucks lose. But if you're a Bucks fan, you can't really say, well, Giannis and Chris didn't play the second half because <laughs> uh, Brooklyn played a G League team for the entire four quarters. Yeah. And as you sort of pointed to, regardless of how, how um, Giannis and Chris only played 15 minutes, they still should have run this game. And even the lineups in the second half, to be honest, I mean, there's a bunch of players that you're expecting to play big-time minutes for the Bucks through the playoffs. So no doubt about it. I mean, this is a game that anyway you slice it, they should have won. But the effort really just wasn't there. And you can talk about the 57 three-point attempts that the Nets got up. Overall, they only scored 32 points in the paint. But in the first half, they were 9 for 13 in the restricted area, uh, 69%, which is 15% above the Bucks' average on the season. Now, I understand that Brook Lopez wasn't playing. But again, when you look at who was on the court for Brooklyn, you look that Giannis was still out there. Robin Lopez, last time I checked, the three highest guys in opposition field goal percentage in the restricted area, the two Lopez brothers and Giannis. So you've still got Robin out there. So you've got the personnel to have a pretty strong defense. I think the 
the point that you made is more uh, accurate here. These guys came out, they knew that they were playing against uh, below NBA postseason talent, let's say that, and they knew they were only playing a half and they were more worried about putting some points on the board than really defending at all. And this was all an effort thing. You can be frustrated that the Bucks are a few games away from the postseason and they, and they put that kind of effort forward. But to me, it was very clear that there was not too much interest in playing defense, not just giving up threes, but giving up the rim, which they, they never, ever, ever do, regardless of whether they win or lose. All right, a quick note now from my bookie. And I got to tell you, if you had some money on the Nets today, Frank, you were cashing in. <laughs> I can tell you that the line, I think the, I think the Bucks were minus 19 points or something by the time this game tipped off. But onto my bookie, because I've been waiting for this day since March. And now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind. My bookie is a home run slam dunk, triple overtime game winning shot, all wrapped into one. I love it. You love it. And that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams. And with Major League Baseball also underway, there's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Join my bookie today and they will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code locked on NBA when signing up. That's locked on NBA, the code, and you'll get that will match your deposit 100%. Plus, toss you that free $10 MLB future wager. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple you bet, you win, they pay. Yeah, and turnovers, uh, you know, yeah. again, a big part of the story. And, and I mean, Points off turnover is twenty-seven to seven in this game. Yeah, um, it, it didn't feel like like in the uh, in the Houston game. I mean, there were what? I think Houston had fifteen steals. Uh, the Nets only had actually five steals in this game. So I mean, it wasn't as sloppy in terms of like just you know coughing up the ball and going the other way and you know giving up layups quite to the extent that we saw um, in that game. Uh, on Sunday, uh, which I guess is a small step in the right direction, um, but still sloppy and uh, you know not I think what anybody would would want to see from this team. So uh, yeah, I mean they've got five games left here, and you know I mean the upside is you also obviously are expecting to have a relatively easy series in uh, in the first round. Um, I mean possibly against the Nets, uh, in fact. Um, so. Or, or although that just became less likely, letting the Nets beat you <laughs> today. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, just not not an impressive performance, and um, you know, I, I think certainly some uh, some some food for thought for Bud to kind of think about what he's trying to get from these guys um, moving forward. But but again, yeah, I mean, not that you take a whole lot of it. I thought um, again, the the most unmitigated bright spot is. Uh, you know, Wes Matthews sits out this game. Probably, I'm guessing the calf soreness. I'm guessing if this was a game that matters, he probably plays. Uh, but you do get Bledsoe and, and Connaughton back in the lineup. Connaughton, uh, eight points on six shots, had a couple threes, five rebounds, two assists, a steal. Bledsoe, one out of five. Uh, one of those was a three. Uh, did go five out of six from the line, four assists, uh, eight points in 18 minutes. So, you know, getting back to 18 minutes right off the bat. I, I don't know. I didn't really... I didn't notice those guys, you know, uh, looking like sluggish or slow or anything like that. I mean, um, Bledsoe blew a layup at one point, but uh, I, 
I thought they'd looked, you know, physically relatively fine, which is your, your biggest concern just coming off, uh, off of coronavirus. So, um, I thought that obviously was, it was a positive thing, just getting those guys back out there. And, uh, obviously, you know, if you're, you're trying to get ready for the playoffs and you know, you're, you want to beat Miami, you, you, you haven't beaten Miami yet this year. You want to beat Miami. You obviously, you want to beat Dallas. You want to beat Toronto. Um, if for no other reason than just to sort of get your groove back and get your confidence back a little bit, not that the bucks are, you know, sitting around like doubting themselves at this point, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a good time to obviously get healthy and stay healthy. And, uh, hopefully obviously that, that, uh, that continues, but that's obviously, you know, going to be the biggest thing for this team kind of getting through the regular season is, is health. And at least that appears to be headed in the right direction. Yeah, so Eric Bledsoe, 18 minutes, and I, I would agree. Nothing uh, majorly noteworthy from the game here, but again, just the fact that he was out there was a good sign. He said after the game that he definitely blew up early, which I think is to be expected, keeping in mind that uh, he's missed the three scrimmages and the couple early games here. This is really his first competitive basketball in a, in a long, long time, over five months. So it was good to just have him out there. Bud has said over the next few games, they'll continue to build him up a little bit. So... Uh, maybe that 18 minutes is a little more than I actually expected, but maybe he'll be in the low 20s next game and go from there. And Pat hitting a couple of those threes during the sort of the charge, the run, whatever you want to call it, with the Bucks trying to get back into the game was nice. A couple of other numbers as you look at the box score. Marvin Williams, again, another guy that's missed a couple of games, so you like to see him playing. You already mentioned some of the defensive plays that he made. He was actually plus 17, led the Bucks on the box score in, in, in his 22 minutes. We saw... A fair bit of him early in the in the game, in the first half when Giannis and Chris were there, he hit a corner three, which was pleasing to see. And the only other thing that really stands out to me, and uh, you could see it on Twitter with Bucks fans, it was going through, and I sort of tweeted that maybe people were being a little bit harsh on him, but then again, maybe they weren't. DJ Wilson leads the Bucks in field goal attempts, despite only playing 14 minutes. Three for 11 from the field, one for six from three. He was not shy. He was getting his shots up there, and a lot of them were not looking good. But I thought he eased his way into the game a little bit, got a couple of nice dunks in. Those are the things that, let's be honest, if DJ is going to play, that's where he's going to uh, get his points on uh, offensive rebounds, follow dunks, running the floor and transition, those types of things. Uh, I, I don't think it's his game to be getting shots up like he's Kyle Corver, and we've seen him do a little bit there, but he's probably eager to play. He hasn't played for a long time. But after this game... Perhaps the most interesting, most ridiculous, most stupid thing that has come out, I think, between teams interacting with each other in the bubble. Garrett Temple said that he was hanging out by the pool the day before (laughs) and the Houston Rockets uh, were dishing out some tips on how to beat the Bucks. So I can't help but picture this in my head, that Garrett Temple's out there with a little notebook. He's going, oh, okay, yep, uh, shoot threes. Yes, uh, they will give up the three. That's a good note. We didn't know that. And the whole Houston Rockets, uh, sorry, Brooklyn Nets video department team has just been dumbfounded with this news that the Brooklyn Nets have been able to bring back from poolside. What do you think about this? <laughs> yeah. I had the same thought. I was like, man, like, so your, your, you know, coaching staff and your video staff, like, <laughs> they couldn't, you know, couldn't, couldn't figure out like the Bucks weakness, but the, the Rockets did, but I don't know, whatever. Uh, that was kind of amusing. I, I shout out to our friend Eric name for, uh, tweeting out a, uh, uh, SNL weekend update, Anthony Crispino gif, uh, Bobby Moynihan's character 
which probably most people don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but uh, he's he's a character that has some relevance. Um, just just Google. I think his name is Anthony Crispino. Just just Google Anthony Crispino uh, SNL, and uh, you'll you'll understand kind of what the joke is with Garrett Temple claiming he got some some tips uh, from uh, from that. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I don't think a whole lot more to make of, of any of this game. Um, I, we, you know, we, ne- we, we never have short podcasts, um, but I feel like, I feel like I'm totally good with making this a short podcast. Kane, I, I, what do you think? No, I'm absolutely down with that. Let me just ask you one quick standing relation, uh, related standings related question before we leave. You already mentioned the fact that Nats now up to seventh, the magic lost to the paces today and they're down in eighth. The heat who the bucks next play on Thursday night, did beat the Celtics. They're a game and a half behind Boston. Of course, the Bucks would probably be looking at a, a second round series with the Celtics or Heat. When I did the last podcast with George Carl, he was suggesting that there would be some funny buggers going on with standings and games and people looking for ideal matchups. For you as a fan, is there any positive you're going to be able to take out of Heat climbing above Celtics to third? And the Bucks not happening to see them till the Eastern Conference Finals. Do you care about that at all? Um, I was thinking about that today. I would probably rather see. I guess I'd rather see the Celtics in the second round. Um, Me too. But I don't know. I mean, look, like if the Bucks. I mean, the goal is to win a championship. Like if you can't beat the Heat in the second round, then <laughs> you know, like you you kind of have like bigger problems. So um, I think you know the the interesting thing with Miami is. Um, they have, you know, they have, they definitely have three point shooters, but it's kind of weird too, because they also, you know, depending on, on their fifth starter, you know, Jimmy Butler really hasn't shot threes all year. Bam at a bio doesn't shoot threes at all. So you can pretty much always hide Brooke Lopez on Bam, which obviously is a, is a nice luxury to have. Like they're not going to, you know, just not play Bam at a bio and, um, and like ro- ro- roll with Kelly Olynyk for 35 minutes a game. Right. Um, so Olynyk is almost like, on some level I worry about more cause he's had, I think some, some big games yeah. against the bucks um, shooting wise and just kind of giving the bucks problems um, versus Boston. I mean, they could go really small, but like they don't really seem to like to do that, you know? So it seems like they play, you know, obviously Tice a lot um, and they play Cantor and, and they kind of stay kind of big. So I, I don't know. I mean, in principle, like I don't think either of these teams is like, you know, has some like un you know, some lineup the Bucks can't counter, but I don't think any team has <laughs> has a lineup the Bucks can't counter. I mean, that's to me when we think about the, the silver linings of the positives. You know, ultimately, I think this team's going to go as far as you know, Giannis, Chris, and then kind of the top tier. Uh, the other starters kind of carry them. You know, Brooke and, and Eric Bledsoe being kind of the principal guys, and um, Brooke obviously was has been has been very good in the first two games that he's played, including against a team that you know you would be concerned might be able to play him off the floor. Um, so I think that's a, a definite positive from, from these first, you know, first week or so of, uh, uh, of the bubble. And uh, I, I, but I don't know. I mean, Miami, just the fact that you haven't beaten them psychologically versus Boston, I think you feel a lot more comfortable. You not only have you beaten them a couple of times this year, but you know, you knocked them out in five games a year ago. Right. So I think psychologically um, I feel as a fan <laughs> more comfortable probably with the Celtics because the Heat are just a little bit more of an unknown, but yeah. I mean, whatever. I mean, the Heat are, they're worse. They've been, they, you know, they have 43 wins. The Celtics have 44. I mean, obviously the Heat are not some, you know, uh, untouchable team that, that can't be beaten. So 
Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure obviously we're probably going to overreact to anything, everything that happens here <laughs> over the next, you know, week and change of the bubble. But that's, that's the way it is. We've been starved for basketball. We got to, we got to have takes. Yeah, I'm personally enjoying it. Even just the, the Twitter interaction with Bucks fans after any loss or anything that happens. It's, we've, I have missed it. I've missed uh, these types of reactions and be able to have these types of conversations either way. But uh, listen, I'm with you, Frank. Let's leave it there. I didn't have too much to go over that game. Again, uh, I will say Giannis, as we sort of pointed to, 15 minutes, 16 points, 7 for 8 from the field, 2 for 3 from 3, which is another positive, 6 boards, 4 assists. If they wanted to win this game, they could have just said, Giannis, take the ball and just score layups all night long because uh, they, they, they didn't, show any, <laughs> didn't show any ability to be able to slow him down at all. So ultimately, I wouldn't by, be panicking. By the way, Giannis, by the way, Giannis <laughs> now 31.2% from three this year, which is the exact yeah. same percentage as Mal- Malcolm Brogdon, which is a funny, funny stat, right? Did anybody think Giannis and Malcolm yeah. Brogdon were going to have the three same three-point percentage? I think if 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 we if you said yes, you probably thought Giannis was actually going to be a pretty decent three point shooter. Yeah, exactly. And not that both of them would be bad, but anyway, that's the fun fun side note on uh, Giannis' stats. By the way, I am uh, I do remain somewhat bitter that Bud is going to single handedly tank Giannis's chance of scoring or of averaging thirty points per yes. game this year. He was at twenty nine point nine. He's back down to twenty nine point six after this game. So uh, thanks, Bud going to keep our guy from hitting that cool, nice round number. And 30 points a game, that's a crazy number. Um, although I guess if, if Bud does submarine his, his point total a little bit, it'll make it easier for us to take the over on our over-unders next year for Giannis scoring, since we always have to take him as going over. So anyway, enough, enough Giannis sort of stat whoring from me. You know that uh, that's very near and dear to my heart. All right, so we'll look forward to a 50 spot from Giannis against the Heat on Thursday night. That'll be their next game. <laughs> By the way, no, no 60 wins. You're, Kane is denied his 60 oh, wins. Great. I'm a little annoyed. I'm a little, uh, little annoyed about that. Too. As if this day wasn't bad enough. I got up at 3.30 a.m. to watch this game this morning, and now you're, you're bringing up the fact that they can't get to 60. I did think about yeah. that just earlier. I wasn't going to bring it up. But uh, Bucks and Heat up next. Thursday night, another national TV game, which is pretty cool. That, that, listen, whether it's the playoffs, whether it's the rest of these seeding games, let's throw these day games into the fire. It never works well for the Bucks either way. But this is going to be a fun one. So tomorrow we'll be able to go through that. We look forward to joining you guys then. Thanks for listening. We'll speak to you tomorrow.